Charlie is a young adult carer. He's been caring for so long he can't remember if the memories he has from before his responsibilities began are even real. It all started off very, very, very early on in, in my childhood. The, the memories I've got sort of prior to being a young carer are very faint. At no point have, have I sort of regretted my caring role. It made me who I am. It strengthened and created a, a relationship between uh, me and my parents that wouldn't have existed otherwise. My mum would develop more illnesses, which eventually one of those would end up taking her life. Charlie has spent his life as a young carer, and now he supports other young carers in their roles at home. In this episode, we uncover Charlie's story, how being a young carer has shaped his life, how it has made him a better person and helped him grow. From the useful media company, with funding from the Audio Content Fund, this is Are You Aware We Care? Episode 2. We start by finding out where it all began for Charlie, but as often is the case with young carers, as the mechanics of the home shift, the responsibility that started out small soon grew and left him with incredible weights to bear. My, my caring role sort of started off really, really simple. I was lucky enough to have an older sibling that dealt with the, the vast majority of it. And at the time, um, a father that was of, of good enough health that he was also able to, to contribute to the caring role. I, I was looking after my mother with multiple sclerosis at the time. As I got older, that, that caring role changed dramatically. Um, obviously, as older siblings do, um, my sister left the house um, and I stepped up taking on um, not just more physical uh, and more physical demanding roles, but required medical training. As, as time progressed even further, um, I had to start looking after my dad's mental health as well. His, his mental health had deteriorated to the point where, uh, in, in effect, I was a young carer for both of my parents. And yeah, the, the role just kept evolving as years went on. Um, even when I went to university, um, I continued within a caring role. Uh, in, in later years, my mum my would um, develop more illnesses, which I would be part of the caring role for and eventually one of those would end up taking her life, which was a very strange situation because you've spent all of all of these years caring for a person. You are sort of their, their confidant. You are everything to them. And contrary to, to what we would all like to believe, um, they become a, a pivotal part of your life. Um, a very large, uh, discussing it with my sister just a couple of weeks ago, actually, um, almost a meaning in your life. It's something that you do. Um, and then to suddenly lose that, you actually feel quite lost. And as if uh, you're, you're missing a very large part of who you are, not just sort of the people that were around you. The one thing that all young carers have in common is the complete lack of regret for the responsibilities they have been given. The vast majority of young carers see their roles as a blessing. It shapes them, it makes them who they are, and Charlie is no exception. At no point have, have I sort of regretted my caring role. Um, it, it made me who I am. It strengthened and created a, a relationship between uh, me and my parents that wouldn't have existed otherwise. And while it may not have necessarily been the most um, 
functional of relationships at times. It, it was ours and it was special to us. Life can change very quickly for a young carer. It can be overwhelming, especially when at school. All you want to do is be at home with the person you love and care for. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I didn't really understand it. Um, but I just kind of went on with with life. Um, yeah, as, as I got older, obviously, um, I started to understand a lot more. Um, and early on within my caring role, uh, certain aspects of it, um, like the the administering, like the the administering of of my mum's uh, medical injections, for example, uh, was was hidden from me to an extent. Um, but there, there's always there was always a feeling of something's not right. Mum's not well. This could change at any moment. Um, so while I I had um, at least in those early years a relatively sort of normal-ish childhood uh, there was always uh, a massive sense of anxiety uh, when I wasn't around my mum her medical condition had sort of just snap appeared um, sort of one morning she was fine and and, well one evening she was fine and the very next morning um, she was requiring going into hospital and had been paralysed down one side um, luckily albeit temporarily so knowing that that's sort of how quickly her illness had come on, um, part of my head always said, like, it could change just as quickly. Something else could happen just as quickly. Going to school was uh, simultaneously a, a break and something that I, I looked forward to, at, at least during my earlier years, not so much as I was a teenager. But it was a nightmare as well, um, because all of a sudden I I can't keep track of what's going on. I can't be talking to my sister and my dad to find out what's going on. Is mum okay? I, I can't see mum. I I was lucky enough um, while I was at primary school that my uh, my headmaster was actually really understanding. Um, he'd known the family, like he'd known my family um, since since my sister had attended eight years prior to me, um, and so. If there were days I'd gone in and I was particularly anxious or mum had had a particular bad morning, um, if at any point um, sort of my anxiety was getting too bad, um, I could go knock on his office door and, and use his, his phone to, to phone home and check on things, um, which was incredibly helpful. Um, not so true as I went into to senior school. Um Staff on on all levels there weren't quite so understanding, um, so I quite often found myself uh, on the receiving end of disciplinary where I'd snuck in a, a banned mobile phone because well actually I I need to check on like I'm gonna need to check on what's going on at home, and damn the consequences it's it's better to to know and and deal with sort of punishment from the school than not know what's going on and be worrying all the time despite being made aware of his situation and being informed about the responsibilities he had at home by the primary school and the care group charlie had recently began to attend he feels to this day that the staff knowledge back then about young carers and the everyday struggles they face left a lot to be desired for a combination of not quite understanding um, in the case of some members of staff, um, some just outright disbelieving that 
the situation was as it was. Um, and even for some, um, not actually knowing what a young carer act like was, just thinking that um, I I helped a little bit more around the house and that there were professional carers monitoring the situation, which wasn't the case, um, just meant that it was it was near impossible for for the school to I feel um, actually sort of support uh, my circumstances. And while there were individual members of staff that were incredible, um, that, that I could not fault, and honestly, that I owe a lot to, uh, the, start, the school as a whole was useless. It's, it's the typical one um, of sort of homework assignments, um, sort of not being completed to a standard, um, and me seemingly being very distracted uh, in, in their class first thing in the morning. Um, in reality, what, what had gone on there was that, that more often than not, um, I, I won't claim to be angelic, it wasn't always the case, uh, more often than not, there had been an issue with, with mum's condition um, and I'd been up till early hours of the morning uh, making sure that, that she was okay. Um, or that she potentially was back in hospital and, and we just hadn't been able to tell anybody, which meant that I wasn't able to focus on, on schoolwork. And when I attended first thing in the, the lesson first thing in the morning, I was sometimes functioning on about an hour's sleep, if that. Um, and the school weren't always understanding of that um you you try and sort of explain to explain to a teacher that it's not that you're not paying attention it's that you're barely a functional human being um and that 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 assignment isn't isn't up to standard but it needed to be submitted on this day or you would be sort of punished you'd be put in detention which which i couldn't afford um because then well there'd be no one at home looking after mum um, and that I would rather submit it at a, at a low standard and then sort of have to be redoing it again to, to bring it up to standard um, than deal with that punishment. And all because I, it, yeah, all because I was trying to, to deal with sort of not being punished for, for the life that I was effectively being forced to live. In later years, that did change. Um, there were some senior staff that stepped in and, and really paid attention. Um, and I was able to sort of say to, uh, say to tutors, like, look, this, this has just happened. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the assignment in. Can I have a couple of extra days um, to, to work on it? Or even can I sit in your class sort of over a break period um, and work on it with your support? because I'm just not in a, I'm not in a situation to be doing it right now. Um, and if they had done that earlier, and if they'd done that across the board for the other young carers in the school at the time, that would have been incredible. Um, that would have saved so much in regards to stress and negative effects on my own health. Um, but alas, it, it didn't happen until, in my opinion, far too late. Not every school in the UK is, as Charlie puts it, useless. 
Slowly and over the course of many years, the work carried out by the Children's Society to raise awareness about young carers and provide training to staff has changed how schools and public services look at the needs of young people with care responsibilities. One of the early adopters and pioneers in the Young Carers Programme in a school was Meg. We caught up with her in a meadow in Hampshire on a crisp spring morning. Teachers, the education system, they should be the people that pick up the young carers, they should pick up the vulnerables, they should pick up every child matters. But actually, I think at this stage, it's a point where, a bit like we had a moment where we helped the aged because we knew that they would be isolated, actually these young people have been experiencing that same type of isolation for years and I don't think we can possibly put it on the education system to pick it up. It has to be us as a society. It has to be the folk, if they're lucky enough to go to a, you know, they don't go to many outside groups, but if they go to a, you know, a, a uniform group, brownies, scouts or anything else, it's those people who are just as important. It's the person who is running the local shop who understands, oh, this child is picking up shopping. But we need to have an awareness that there are young shoulders out there that are doing it tough. And as an adult, you don't want any child to do that. So this is a joyous point of pride. So a young woman identified in my tutor group, she had complex emotional needs. She was the effervescent, bright, sleepy, angry, tired young person. Then the identification of a number of other young people. So what we did is we originally started making social spaces for these young people which was a safe social space to do whatever young people do. But in doing that safe social space, they were then able to share with each other and get support from each other. Further to that, and that was only, we did that for a term. And very quickly, these young people said, well, this is all great, but actually spending an hour together and doing fun stuff isn't enough for me. Okay, so if it's not enough for you, what do you need? And they were very passionately said, I, I'm the main provider of the family food at the moment we live off um, frozen meals and excellent quite keen on having the fun social stuff if you can make that happen but what we would really like is a cooking and life skills club so they went to the school and said you know we've got a group of young people at that stage it was just nine young people but they had identified we want a little bit of socializing but we would like to prioritize the real life stuff as you were speaking before they wanted to have um good healthy cooking on a budget they wanted to learn how to budget they wanted to learn how to make food that they could have for multiple meals so batch cooking and it was so wonderful because that was our in to other members of staff so we set up this cooking club the young people were doing the cooking we definitely made sure that we did it as batch cooking they got to eat themselves but they also made sure that they took home two batches and we then did simple things like finding out whether or not um, they had freezing facilities because no use doing batch batch cooking if you haven't got any way of keeping it Um, so that became a weekly event and the feedback from the young people was to learn that you can buy you know a potato potatoes carrots and some frozen veg and some gravy and you can suddenly make a nutritious meal for your family and then that eating together the talking together all those mental health moments that you know happen um, by turning off the technology sitting down and talking with people all those connections reignited so we were really lucky with that group we had an incredibly supportive um, head teacher I think 
that increasingly uh, within the education department it's now a labelled term this is great success over the last 20 years um, so people if they're identified young people if they're identified you will get that but as ever the pressures on schools for league tables which are based on grades at the end quickly squeeze that priority out so I guess over the last pandemic things like those after school clubs have very much been squeezed out and if they've not been squeezed out they've become outside agency so it's just great there's beautiful outside agencies that provide after school care for young people but it's that significant adult who has the time again to stop and listen. We'll catch up with Meg again later in the series and discover what she means by her new mantra born during lockdown, talk, listen and celebrate. Her point of having someone who stops and listens is hugely important to the young carers. Charlie, who continues to struggle with his own mental health as a result of his incredibly adult care responsibilities at such a young age, feels as so many other young carers do, that they are hidden. There's a huge part of you that you know exists and that you can see other people don't. That has to exist in a world that is not designed for it, that doesn't support it. Um, And no matter what you do, you always feel as if not only are you invisible because they don't see that part of you, but if they did see it, they wouldn't want it. That you're you're an unwanted sort of extra to, to the rest of the world. So often when I was struggling, the question would be, is mum okay? Um, it again uh, at that point I became I became secondary. I I became the carer um, when. Really, what what I needed, um, and I did have members of staff that were like this. I needed to be treated as as a person that needed help themselves. I needed that question of, "Are you okay?" Um, whereas the the first question was always, "Is mum okay? Um, how are things at home?" And while they are important questions to ask, if if you're trying to support with a situation, I don't think they should be the first. Um, I think it should always be sort of how is that young person doing first and then once you've got that answer asking how is how are things with their role how can how can you help with that Uh, but focusing on the young person first I don't think I ever could have walked away from it Um, for for the simple reason of, of that anxiety that I I suffered when I went to school and I was away from the situation that would have followed me that, that anxiety didn't come because it was my job to look after this person. That anxiety came because they were they were my parent. I loved them and they weren't they weren't okay. There was something wrong, so I was worried. Many local authorities host young carers groups. These gatherings are a chance for young people with a care responsibility to meet others in similar situations and to get a moment of respite away from their roles and the stress of school. But as Charlie tells us, it's a lottery. Within my particular um, local authority, because it, it really is a lottery game, I've, I've come to notice. Um, my sort of local young carers group um, offered one night a week um, just respite, um, the opportunity to, 
to go and, and be with friends that were also young carers that, that knew sort of our situation where we could speak freely. Uh, the opportunity to, to talk to sort of youth workers that wanted to try and help. Um, whether or not they always could was a coin flip, um, but they were they were somebody within the local authority that at least wanted to try, um, which was handy. Um, and during during the time that we were sort of there with them, um, it was always arranged so that if we suddenly got a text message or a phone call that said like something's gone wrong at home you need to get back um there was sort of transport available for us to get back in a hurry um which while it didn't eliminate that fear of i'm away from i'm away from the the caring situation i don't know what's going on it definitely alleviated it a lot um and that was honestly that was the total of the support that that we received um, in my area uh, as a consistent that did change as time went on uh, with sort of younger young carers being supported um, and with more out of area trips and activities taking place um, but that was a growing thing. It's easy to assume that everything in a young carer's life is upsetting however young carers have an incredible ability to see the positives in everything they do. They're able to look out at the world in a way that only young people can. They see opportunity where others see doubt. They see success where others can only imagine failure. Charlie learned at a young age to embrace everything because sometimes it's the little things that mean the most. It sounds cheesy, um, but the people I've met are a big part of that. I am proud of the people that I am able to surround myself in in life. Uh, and I'm proud of the fact that every single one of them chooses to surround themselves with me as well. Um, that must speak a lot for, for who I am as a person, that these incredible people choose to have me around. I am immensely grateful to say that my role has led to me being an empathetic person being somebody that's able to take on a much more caring role um, and able to see when people are potentially hiding things where they're, they're trying to say that they're okay uh, when, when they're not. It may sound strange, but it, it makes me feel good to know that I can support my friends in that way um, and that I'm not afraid to do so. As a young carer, I learn on a very personal basis that the world is unfair um, but I also learned that with the right skills um, and if you're sort of willing to say the right things or in some cases just keep saying things even when people refuse even when people really wish you'd shut up um, you can you can change the world. You can make the world a better place. Um, and actually, it's it's that skill uh, and that knowledge, that motivation that I have the ability to convince people to change things. I have the ability to, to shout from the rooftops um, and say, this isn't right, this needs to change. That 
have made me who I am. Um, they form a very large part of, of what I do all the time. Um, and I think they always will. And uh, without, without being a young carer, I, I wouldn't have those skills. I wouldn't have that confidence. I wouldn't have those friends. A huge part of raising awareness about young carers is the Young Carers Festival, an annual event where 2,000 young people come to relax, take part in new experiences and have their voices heard. Charlie is now a champion of the event and told us about his first experience. I was so incredibly anxious about going. It was my first weekend away from my caring role where I wasn't going to be connected back to it in any way whatsoever. I spoke to my young carers worker and I told her how how scared I was, how actually I wasn't too sure whether or not I wanted to go. And she told me to talk to my older sister. <laughs> um, turns out she was actually at one of the first young carers festivals. And so she sort of did that caring older sister thing and told me I was going. I started to genuinely have fun. I started to open up and talk to people about f things I hadn't been able to talk to people about before. I was introduced to new ways of, of dealing with things, um, both by adults and by young carers who had experienced things similar to what I was describing and they were just sort of retelling how they dealt with things. I made friendships with people from across the country. They, they were incredible friendships, some of them lasting the weekend, some of them lasting a lot longer. The, the people I've met at the Young Carers Festival over, over the years that, that I attended as, as a young carer, every single one of them was awe-inspiring in their own way. Um, by the end of the by the end of the Young Carers Festival, and this is this is a tale I'm sure you'll hear told time and time again. I'd gone from a young person that didn't really want to be there to a young person that really didn't want to leave. In 2013, the closing moments of the Young Carers Festival were set to a song by Emily Sande, the lyrics of which fitted the moment beautifully. They speak of the time pressures young carers face and the feeling that they all share, that they're isolated and that they are always at the back of the line. Courage. Difficulties. Special. Family. This is basically a big break. It gets me away from home life. Some days they'll be like the worst of worst and she can't even get out of bed or go to the toilet or anything. So that's where I come into place and help her. Children and young people who are carers deserve the same support as adults. So it's great that the minister suddenly decided that they need the same support as, as adults do. It's nice to come somewhere that's not from home. But when you go back, you've got that weight on your shoulders. I'd be smiling if I wasn't so desperate. Young carers, celebrate. When I was first 
started getting into the programme, I felt like it was something to be ashamed of, something that would be looked down on. So I just felt like crying every day and there was no support back then. But today there's quite a lot of support, but I wish I knew about it sooner. It's good because you get to meet loads of new friends. It's just so open. I'm just so glad I joined it. I love you, everyone. It made me a stronger person than I'd ever thought I'd be and I've changed my life around. And the money was just rolling in If I had more than my ambition I'll have time for please I'll have time for thank you as soon as I will More time and person I care for because it's like I can show them that I love them through helping them. The vast majority of young people in this country are fantastic. They contribute to their communities. I think these guys are actually at the top of that tree. They do the most for their families and actually for society. So I think they're brilliant. They are the epitome of young people in this country. From a distance, my choice is simple. extremely important to me because I've made so many friends. It's easier to bond with people who are like young carers just like me. You just feel so happy when you're with them and you feel relaxed and you feel like you fit in. I love the YCF. It's the best weekend of the year ever. <laughs> me and my brother then he wouldn't be able to call. Because I like him from carers, Evank and amazing. step by step. Next week, we hear from Melissa, who began caring for one parent and then almost her entire family. If you would like to find out more about young carers or need some help, visit youngcarer.com. <laughs>